Welcome to the Preserving Family Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to equip you to gain insight, information, and inspiration to help you protect, teach, and guide your family during these turbulent times. Our goal is to provide tools and resources to help you strengthen and preserve your own marriages and families. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Mark and Janie Ogletree. Happy New Year, everyone. We are so <laughs> excited to be back for Season 2 of Preserving Families. Uh, we got through Year 1. Yeah. Uh, big learning curve for us. <laughs> right. So we especially want to thank all you loyal listeners who tune in each week for your kind notes, for your encouragement, for your kind thoughts and words to inspire us as we uh, kicked off the first year of this podcast. <laughs> Every time we think, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. Then someone writes a nice note. And we're like, well, okay, let's do one Oh, yeah. So thank you all for your support, love, encouragement. If you have any thoughts, if you have any ideas, if you have any um, thoughts on an upcoming episode that we can do or any issues we can address, we'd love to hear from you. So please just... Email us yeah. at preservingfamiliespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, but thank you again. It's been fun. It's been a fun ride. Yeah. <laughs> Mark's definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think we'd ever get you to do this, that's for sure. <sighs> so if any of you have friends or anybody you think would be interested in any of these topics, please please uh, pass this podcast on to them. We would love new... Uh, we welcome and love new new listeners all the time. Right. For those of you that are new to our podcast, we have built our podcast on a statement from President Spencer W. Kimball, who prophetically said, the time will come when only those who believe deeply and actively in the family will be able to preserve their families in the midst of the gathering evil around us. Our hope and our goal is to help provide all of our listeners and us and our family and friends, everyone who listens, with the tools and content to preserve and strengthen our families. That's that's kind of our goal here. Yes. So um, before we get into our topic today, one more little commercial. I promise this won't last long. <laughs> but we want you to let you know we do have a few more spots left on our Alaskan cruise that we are doing June 2nd through 9th. Right. It's going to be on the celebrity line. It's going to be an amazing experience. We're going to be talking all things marriage, family, religious topics. We have all kinds of things up our sleeve. Yeah. We have some great people that have signed up. We're super excited. So if you are looking for a vacation this summer, if you want to do something nice with your spouse or your children or your friends, grab them and sign up. You can contact us at Mark. So preserving families podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Happy so, to answer any questions about it. Yeah. That'd be great. Okay, let's go on our topic today. We're super excited. <laughs> let's dive in. One of the things we want to talk about today as we begin a brand new year is we want to talk a little bit about goals and resolutions. So, Janie, when I say that, goals and resolutions, what pops into your head if we're doing the uh, word association test? <laughs> My first thought is, oh. <laughs> right. That's why I don't like to use the word goals. I like to talk about maybe priorities or... I don't know. What's some other positive words besides <laughs> goals? Because for me, I don't know about any of you, but goals, I set them. I, every New Year's Day, we do that. We do this as a family. We have a sheet. We write down every area of weakness, and we make all these goals. And then the next year, I pull back out, and I'm so discouraged because I've done, like, one thing on my list. <laughs> so. Right. And I do think there's something to be said about having those goals out and reviewing them often, which we'll probably talk more about later, but... We definitely want to change your mind today. If there's anyone out there that's thinking, okay, 
This whole New Year's resolution thing, I can't stand it. I don't want to set any goals. I hate it. By January the 15th, I've forgotten every goal that I've set anyway. Uh, we're going to try to change your mind on this just a little bit. Mark, I even heard a celebrity this past week do it was on a talk show and He's very well known and very well, you know, driven and very successful in life. And he even said, I don't believe in goals. I don't, I think, I think they're just stupid. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> like yours kind of perked up. And I just thought that was so interesting because he is so successful and does so many great things. So I do think, yeah, I, I think that, that that mentality exists among us, right? Among our, our friends and associates for sure. And, and once again, I think there's, there can be a negative connotation with the idea of having goals and, you know, we set so many and then we don't reach our, we don't reach or attain those goals. And then we feel horrible about ourselves. I'm sure no one will be surprised to hear this statistic. A resolution by definition is a firm decision to do or to not do something. And according to research, about 88% of people who make New Year's resolutions fail, despite 52% of them feeling confident that they'll follow through with their resolve. In many cases, those goals last just for a few weeks. We get busy, distracted, and then just decide that, I love this, that those goals were just stupid anyway. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Or we just feel guilty, so we just are like, what the heck, I give up. Yeah. Anyway, and so I, we understand it, right? I mean, we understand and get why people would be so discouraged by that. But let us, let us tie this into the gospel a little bit for a second and remind all of us of something, that the doctrine is eternal progression, right? I mean, that's... The whole purpose while we're here, while we're here, we progress in the pre-earth life. We come here to this earth and we grow and develop and, and hopefully progress to a certain point. And then we're going to go to another life. We're going to go to, to uh, hopefully a, a kingdom of glory and there's going to be progression there. So this idea of progression isn't new. It's part of our theology. And so I love this by Max Lucado, the great Texas Christian uh, preacher and author who said that God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. And I thought that was su such a great statement. Even in Luke 2.52, you know that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. I mean, we quote that scripture. We've built the entire youth, children and youth program on, on that verse. I looked up something one day because I was intrigued by some of the words in that verse. It says that Jesus increased. And I must, I'll say that for years when I read that verse, I just thought that meant like kind of what I would call kind of passive growth, right? Just as Jesus got older and wiser, he became better, you know, and improved. But really it doesn't mean that. In fact, the word increased in Greek is prokopto. And it means to drive forward, to advance, to forge ahead. It, it's purposeful, it's deliberate, it's calculated, it's intentional. And so the idea is that, not that they had goals the way we have goals today, but in the time of Christ, he certainly identified areas that he wanted to improve in, and he went after those areas, right? And purposely and deliberately improved in those areas. So a few years ago in his talk, what Lack I Get, a talk we recommend to everyone by Elder Larry W. Lawrence. He said, I've been a member of the church now for over 40 years. And when I ever read this verse of scripture, which verse? Luke 2.52. I am reminded of our purpose here on earth. We came to learn 
and improve until we gradually become sanctified or perfected in Christ. You know, Mark, this past few weeks when we've had our grandchildren here and lots of babies in the house who are toddling around and learning how to walk and they've had a few spills and whacked their head and, you know, things like that. It made me really think about the Savior when he was a baby. No one ever said that he was perfect as a baby. He learned line upon line, precept upon precept, just like all of us do. I pictured him toddling around and maybe falling and whacking his head and You know, he didn't just come right out of his mother's womb, perfect and doing everything. You know, he learned just like the rest of us. Right. And I've really been thinking about that with goal setting that, you know, we are going to fall down. We're going to miss, you know, scripture reading. We're going to miss working out some days. We're not, you know, we're not going to eat right certain days, whatever all of our goals are. But I think we just have to get back up and just keep trying. I mean, that's how we become perfect. That's. None of us are just going to do it. I guess there are some people who just say they're going to do something and do it, but that's certainly not me. So I have to kind of relate it. to. Yeah. No, I think that's a great perspective. And another perspective that I think about a little bit with this is, once again, you know, because there is a movement, and, and I've seen it. I've heard people talk about it that, hey, you know what? Just accept me as I am. Uh, this is me. And uh, there's, I'm, you're not going to get anything more out of me. In fact, I even had a couple once in my counseling practice where the husband literally said to the wife, look, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, then deal with it. But I'm not changing, you know. Mm. And here's what Elder Holland said about that years ago. He says, if there is one lament I cannot abide, and I hear it from adults as well as students. He said this as the BYU president. He said, it's the poor, pitiful, withered cry. Well, that's just the way I am. And then he said, if you want to talk about discouragement, that phrase is one that discourages me. And I, and I understand why he's discouraged, you know, because when we feel that way, that that we're not going to progress, we're not going to grow. This is just who I am. Then we are not allowing the atonement to be effective in our life and and realizing our potential, which can come through Christ. You know, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the great, one of the great miracles of our day is the atonement and how much we can change with Christ's help. You know, Janie, what's been amazing to me is to recognize how often goals have been talked about in general conference. And this isn't anything new. It's been going on for years. You know, even as the president of the church, President Ezra Taft Benson said, a person who is pressing forward to accomplish worthy goals can soon put despondency under their feet and once a goal is accomplished, others can be can be set up, more goals to come. President Kimball, you know, years ago said that, you know, if we want our lives to be full and abundant, we have to plan our lives. Other uh, prophets, seers, and revelators have talked about how important, uh, l- let's say, short-term, mid-range, and long-term goals are. You know, we've heard those talks, those messages in General Conference. In fact, here's one by... Elder Robert L. Backman, who said, how many of you have thought what you're going to be doing five years, 10 years, or 25 years from now? What preparations are you making to make certain that you're in control and not victimized by life? Maybe one of the most recent statements about goals was from Elder Ballard, who in 2017, the April conference said, over the years, I have observed that those who accomplish the most in this world are those with a vision for their lives, with goals to keep them focused on their vision and tactical plans for how to achieve them, knowing where you are, where you're going, uh, 
And how you expect to get there can bring meaning, purpose, and accomplish, accomplishment to life. So once again, the, the, the gospel doctrine is eternal progression. It's the plan of salvation. But part of the one of the principles that can help us in terms of our eternal progression is having goals to help steer our lives and help us to stretch and to grow. It's also interesting, Janie, that in my counseling work, as I meet with couples, one of the things I'll ask them is what their goals are. You know, what are your goals in your marriage? And what are your goals in your family? And as you could probably guess, most couples who come into counseling, like 98%, don't have goals. <clears throat> they don't have goals in their marriage and they don't have goals in their family. A lot of them have individual goals, you know. A lot of them have goals to be millionaires by the age of 40 and to run a triathlon and to start a nonprofit business and to travel the world. And, and that reminds me of something that Elder Worthland taught in General Conference, where he said that make sure that many of your goals are gospel-oriented as well, right? We need to have the gospel as a priority in our life and have many of our goals center around, around that. Yeah. <clears throat> Just this past week on New Year's Day, Elder Bednar posted this. I saw it on his Instagram page, so I'm sure some of you saw it too, <laughs> but I think it bears repeating. I thought it was so great. Yeah. He said, I encourage you to reflect on the Savior's invitation to become like him. He said, therefore, what manner of men ought you to be? Verily, I say to you, even as I am. How can we follow his example and strive to increase in righteousness? One way, Elder Bednar said, is to set goals that align with his will and his teachings. Mm, there you go. Gospel yeah. goals. So right? Our whole goal is to become like the Savior. Setting goals is not only a practical skill, but also a spiritual discipline. And I love that word discipline because, again, we've talked <laughs> about that before. That's that's very Elder Bednar, right? Is, right. He is, he is, the, he is the disciplined, disciplined. one. He helps us to exercise appropriately our, our moral agency, to become agents who act and are not merely acted upon. And then to evaluate our progress. I think that's a great formula right there is we need to think about, are we acting? Or are we being acted upon? And then to really think about, you know, how, what we're doing to act and to well, Jane, progress. Yeah, that's, in fact, that's one of the themes as I've studied these statements on goals in our general conferences over the years. What you just said, what Elder Bednar just taught is kind of the idea. It's the whole idea. And that's that if we don't have goals in our life, then we're being acted upon, right? And if we have those goals, then we're acting and we're and we're driving and we're steering towards something important in life. And I think that goes back to, we, we talked about agency a few weeks ago, how important agency is to our Heavenly Father and what we choose to do as agents of ourselves, what we choose to do with that agency that he's given us. And mm. he expects us, I think, to move forward, to progress, and to become like him with, with our agency. Right. So Elder Bednar goes on to say, prayerfully seek the Lord's guidance as you determine your goals this year and consider sharing your goals with people you trust. That could be your family, friends, or leaders. And I love that. I think that's an important part. I think, I know as I sat down and went through my goals, I was just thinking, oh man, I'm failing in this area. Oh, I didn't do very good in this area. Oh, I need to stop doing this. I need to start doing this. And but it probably is way more meaningful if I really had, and I still I still can, it's still, we're still early in the year, but to take time to really pray and ponder and see and say, Heavenly Father, what would you want me to do this year with my time and my effort? Right. I think that would be way more probably profound than me just listing off 10 things that pop, you know, that. But I also like that in our little goal setting session on New Year's Day, 
that we ended up talking about our goals with each other, meaning with us as parents, but also with our children and some of their spouses, because I think that that, that does help us to support each other as well, right? Yeah, it does. Awesome. Elder Bednar says, always remember that the Lord loves you. He will support, sustain, and help you. He said, I will go before your face. I will be on your right hand and on your left. And my spirit shall be in your hearts and mine angels round about you to bear you up. May we strive in 2024 to become more like the Savior. He declared, I came into the world to do the will of my father because my father sent me. And my father sent me that I may be lifted up upon the cross. He redeems us from our sins. He saves us from death and invites us to follow him and partake of his joy. I bear witness of his reality, divinity, and magnificent power. Wow. What a great testimony by Elder Bednar about goal setting and becoming more like our Savior. Some great bit, tidbits in there that I think I need to implement more. Some great doctrines and principles and practical application. You know, another one of my heroes that <laughs> also <laughs> I know you love him. posted on a New Year's Day is Dave Ramsey. And he's very big on goals and um, accomplishing them. And right. I love how he said, who wants to win 2024? And he gave... I do. He gave these examples, which I thought were really great. We thought it'd be a fun activity maybe to do with your family on the first family home evening or this coming Monday. Sometime in January, yeah. Yeah, but just take a piece of paper, fold it in half, and half again, and then front and back, that gives you eight quadrants, right? Eight squares. For people like me that are challenged in crafts... (laughs) You said fold it in half mm-hmm. and then fold it in half again. And yeah. that will give you the... Then unfold it and that should give you eight that, quadrants. Give you eight quadrants. All right. Or just list eight things on your paper, but you could do this with your kids. And in each each space, here's the ones that Dave Ramsey gave. He gave spiritual, financial, career, which maybe kids don't have, but maybe you could put school or activities. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, intellectual. Number five, fitness, health, wellness, whatever you want to say. Number six, family. Number seven, social. And he only did seven, but we're going to add number eight. And we're going to put fun <laughs> because you got to have fun in life, right? If you're you not do. having fun, what's the point? If you're not so. having fun, we don't want to come, right? <laughs> and so these are like eight great areas that we could set goals in, that we can help our children set goals and then we want to put these somewhere where we are going to see them and review them. Not like me where I stick them in a drawer and then I <laughs> pull them out next year on on the first. On New Year's Day of 2025. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, so Janie, as we transition then a little bit into kind of the practical ideas here of, of how to set some of these goals, what would you say for yourself is kind of the number one obstacle? And I think you kind of mentioned it, but I, I don't want to put words in your mouth because I, I have... I have a thought on what my problem is when it comes to accomplishing goals, but what would you say yours is? I think I try to tackle too much. I think I try to have, make 20 goals in every area. I think I try to, you know, like I'm going to read 100 books this year or I'm going <laughs> to lose 50 pounds or I'm going to run 10 miles every month, you know, or whatever. Right. And, I, and I think that's what kills it for me. Yeah. And for me, I would say that... I don't review my goals enough, right? Kind of like you, how you said you put it, you set the goals, put it in your notebook. And now you know that I actually tape these on the inside door of our closet. So that the idea is that I can review them every day. But the problem is, is that that little, uh, you know, eight by 11 paper hanging up in our closet door just becomes part of the closet door after about <laughs> you forget about a it. week or two, right? And you don't really notice it anymore. 
So our first idea to help keep a goal or a resolution alive is to don't try to do too much, right? That some goals are too lofty. Don't try to have the 100 goals. In fact, in our counseling practice, I'll tell couples, you can look work on one thing this week, and that's all, just one thing. If a spouse tells their spouse, if a husband tells a wife or a wife tells a husband, these are the like 11 things I need you to do to save our marriage, it's going to fail, right? But if you can do one, and we can just do that one this week. So maybe it's better to have three goals than like 10 or 15, right? So don't be too idealistic. Don't set goals that are so high to reach. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Awesome. Another one that I like is just, yeah, like you said, work on one thing at a time Hmm. and accomplish that. Maybe take the low-lying fruit. Maybe... You know, if one of your goals is to get organized, get organized, get your house clean, organized, then you can take on the marathon, the next one or the next big goal or, you know, things like that. So prioritize. This means that you could have just a goal for this week or a goal for the month, right? Just maybe one. Another uh, thought is have a plan on how you will achieve that goal. So if I'm going to exercise... Well, I'm going to do that by being at the gym at 5.30 every morning, and here's what my exercise plan is going to be. So be specific, right, and how you're going to reach that goal, not just I'm going to exercise every day. Right. Um, Another one I think like you mentioned is we need to review them often. Hang them on our mirror. Put them, Mm -hmm. you know, right where we're going to see them every day. Put them in our journal. Wherever we're going to do that, we're going to run across them very frequently so that we can be like, oh, yeah, I said I was going to do that. One of the things I've learned to love, and I'm trying to make it more of a habit than it's been, is to write it on a 3x5 card. Now, for a lot of us, a 3x5 card's handy because you can keep it in a pocket or or in a purse or somewhere. But there's other ways to remember those goals as well. But to pull them out and review them every day is so helpful to progress. And then another one is have some accountability. Have your partner, your spouse, a good friend a child that's pushing you and helping you and reminding you that you're doing it together. And I think that helps us stay on the right track. For Janie, for us, the times in our life that we've lost the most weight and have been the most successful is when we've done it together. If one of us does it apart, it never seems to work that well. But no, guaranteed fail. <laughs> but if we're pushing each other. So a reminder to everyone, kind of a kind of a bonus here, but when we talk about SMART goals, number one, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. So for those who haven't heard that term, SMART goals, yes, first it has to be specific. We can't just say something like, you know, I, I hope to uh, lose weight this year, right? Or I just want to exercise better. But we need to be very specific. When, it, it's, when we say measurable, is it something that you can measure? You know, because I always tell this to our students, but if I said, could you measure humility? Is that something that's measurable? And of course the answer is no. But then I'll say, but could you measure how many articles that you read this week on humility from church leaders? Well, you can totally measure that, right? Achievable, Janie, is kind of like what you talked about, because sometimes we do set those lofty goals. So let's make sure it's something that, of course, we want to stretch, but also it has to be doable, right? It has to be doable. And that's kind of what realistic, I think, that kind of has a little bit to do with that as well, right? It's got to be realistic, And then time-bound, 
you know, part of that is, okay, how long is this going to go for, right? Is this going to go for a month? Is this going to go for a year? Um, how long can we sustain this? Anyway, those those principles have helped us a lot in our life. I know they have. Yeah, I like that acronym because it helps you remember SMART goals and what they are. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time-bound. Yeah, easy, right? So just also keep in mind this principle of small, baby steps, you know, remember out of small and simple things, great things come to pass. That reminds me of the awesome talk that Michael Dunn gave in conference a couple of years ago, 1% Better. That mm. was so motivational. I love that. <laughs> Elder Dunn said, you discover you have neglected a daily reading of the Book of Mormon. Well, instead of desperately plowing through all 531 pages in one night, what if we just committed instead to read 1% of it? That's just five pages a day or another manageable goal for your situation. Could aggregating small but steady marginal gains in our lives finally be the way to victory over even the most pesky of our personal shortcomings? Can this bite-sized approach to tackling our blemishes really work? <laughs> well, acclaimed author James Clear says this strategy puts the math squarely in our favor. He maintains that habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. If you can get just 1% better at something each day, by the end of the year, you will be 37 times better. Isn't that <laughs> that's amazing? I mean, that's really amazing. If you could just do a tiny bit. <laughs> every day, right? Just every day. I mean, day. just think in two years, you'd be then what, almost 70 times better. In three years, you'd have it mastered. <laughs> That's right. right. You'll be teaching classes on it, right? <laughs> you know, Janie, one one other thought, you know, and, and I feel like it's a very neglected area, probably because the children youth program was basically rolled out right as COVID was hitting, and I, I feel it hasn't quite got the momentum that we, we hope that it would. But this is, you know, kind of on the shoulders of parents, you know, to, to make this work. But it is amazing. I just read through it again the other day, you know, in, in, in all these areas, in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, you know, using Luke 2.52. There are goals that can be set uh, for each one of our youth and children, and their parents are involved in that. And once again, when your parents are involved, can you imagine the growth and the development of a child or a teenager when every week there's a parent-child interview and, uh, hey, how are you doing on your goals? And even a son or daughter can look at us and say, Mom and Dad, how are you doing on your goals? And we can be working on this together. And once again, the idea is improvement, development, and becoming more like the Savior. But the point is, is there's a tool that the church has actually given us to use in this area, and we're just not using it. And we would invite people to crack that open. It's super easy. Pull those easy. out, dust them <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Go to Desert Book and get a new one if you've lost it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, and, and you could just go to Google, right? Just go to Google and type in the LDS Children and Youth Program, and, and those documents come right up. It's And it's also on our Gospel Library app, and so very accessible. We would invite all of you to use that in your families. I just think it's so important that, that we teach children while they're young and early to set goals. How to set goals, like we just did those SMART goals, to set them, how to achieve them, you know, how to maintain them, how to... How to continue to, how about reevaluate them and set new goals, right? And yeah, start over again. Yeah, and as again. we progress, you know, and teach them how to do it. Yeah. I think it's so important. You know, Janie, interesting as you say that, but I grew up in a family, you know, 
a great family, but goals were something that was never even mentioned, right? It just wasn't even part of our family culture at all. And it wasn't until I joined the church and started to learn that, okay, goals are kind of part of what we do. And I remember, uh, you know, I joined the church just a month before my freshman year of college. And so I ended up going to a college in Texas that now I arrive on this college campus as a brand new member of our church, you know, on a college campus of 20 thousand students and we have four four or five that are members of the church and after being there a short time I realized okay this is not where I want to be for my four years of college there's no way and uh, you know most of my LDS friends were at BYU and I just knew that I I wanted to get there and one of the things I came up with in January of that you know that winter semester of my freshman year of college is for the first time in my life I sat down and set goals and and interesting in these areas that we've kind of talked about today. And of course, academic was was first because I knew that I had to have a certain grade point average if I was going to transfer from that school to BYU. But I also had some personal goals physically, but also I was preparing for a mission. And so there were some goals in that area. But I reviewed those goals every day because I wanted to get out of there. <laughs> I was really, I was really motivated to get out of there and to get to BYU after my mission. And so it was just really cool at the end of that semester to look up on that wall where I had kept those goals and to realize that every one of them happened. And one of the great blessings in my life was coming home from the mission field, going to BYU. I can't imagine how different my life would have turned out had I not. And uh, anyway, and so it was kind of like a testimony of sorts of what goals can really do to push us and to drive us and help us accomplish some of the dreams that we have. Mark, as you were telling that, it made me think of our, our good friend, Randall Wright, who's big into goals. That's right. like his thing. He is Mr. Goal. <laughs> and, he um, is. He tells great stories about goal setting, but one of them that I'll never forget that I've heard him tell a few times is that how when his children were young, he would sit down and do father's interviews with them every Sunday and he or every fast Sunday or whenever he it, did it. It almost made me wonder if this was at their baptism, but I can't remember. Maybe it was just when they were... In that age range, right? Of getting old enough to, to set goals. And he he would sit down with them and help them, like, plan their, like, life goals. You know, he would say, hey, do you want to ever smoke? And they'd be like, no. And he'd be like, okay, let's make that a goal. I will never smoke. Mm-hmm. Do you want to drink alcohol? No, I will never drink alcohol. Good, let's make that a goal. I will never drink alcohol. Do you want to go on a mission? Yeah, I do. Okay, let's... uh. I'm going on a mission, you know, and they would write a couple things to do that would help them prepare for their mission. And I want to get married in the temple. Great. Let's make that a goal. You know, do you want to play on the school basketball team? Yeah, I want to, you know, and he would make, they would make these 10 or 12 goals and they would hang, they would frame them and hang them on their child's wall right by their door so that they saw them and they would stay there their whole growing up time in their bedroom and he said that was such a blessing because their kids responded to that. They had their goals written out on the wall. They saw them every day and they lived accordingly to their goals. And I was just always so impressed by that. Also, the parents would review them, right? I mean, as they, as they laid in bed with their kids at night, that's one of the things they'd look up at is that framed goal sheet, you know, on the wall. And yeah, they'd talk they'd about re- some of those things. Yeah, review them often. So just a great mm-hmm. example on that. But yeah. I, yeah, as you were talking about the, the youth and the children and youth program is, you know, it, 
we used to have those like personal progress in young women's. We had faith in God for young men and it was laid out and the leaders kind of did it and checked the box when the kids accomplished all the things and kind right. of kept this on tax on task, but we don't have that anymore. And it back comes back to home centered, centered church Shoots. supported. And so parents, right. we have got to do this with our children. Like we've got to be <laughs> lead out and teach them how to set goals, help them follow through, help them feel accomplished and successful. And I love one of the questions on there. It says, why is this important to me? You know, we could ask our children, why is that important to you? And how will this help you help me become more like Jesus Christ, help our children think about that. Right. Because I think that means more of, oh, I want to be more kind. I want to fight less with my siblings because that's how Jesus was. And I think that's a great motivation. And we don't want to let grandparents off the hook either because we as grandparents have done some of that work with our young grandchildren getting baptized. You know, just we've sat down with a couple of them and done that. And as you were talking, Janie, it was a reminder that, uh uh-oh, there's a couple of them that have been baptized and we, we didn't really do that with. So now we have... A little bit more work to do ourselves. So, well, since you, Janie, mentioned Randall Wright, why don't we close with him today? Because he has had an impact on us as parents and uh, in our marriage and uh, especially with goals. And he talked about how he discovered the power of goals while taking an organizational behavior class at BYU. And as part of one of their class assignments, he had to write out what he wanted to be doing in 10 years. He said that list included things like the type of job I expected to have, how many children my wife and I would have, where we would live, what type of house. Then he said a few semesters later, I graduated with these goals on my mind and moved back to Texas. And during the move, these written goals were misplaced and I assumed forgotten. But several years later, he said my mother was looking in a closet and found a large index card that turned out to be my 10-year goals. Now, by the way, some of you haven't seen that before, but they did have these ultra, remember those, those ultra-sized index cards that were, anyway, and you ran them through the typewriter. He says, as I read the goals that I had set at BYU, a tingle went up my spine. I had achieved nearly every goal listed, almost exactly as I had written them out. And by writing these goals down, I'd obviously internalized them even though they weren't available to review. And he said, I discovered that if you work consistently on a goal, the goal will begin to work on you. I love the whole part about writing it down. I think when we write things down, it's way more effective. effective. It's going to happen versus just thinking it or, you know, throwing it out there or saying it. Yeah. Then it becomes a wish. But once you write it down, and I remember him saying that he had written like over 100 goals, lifetime goals, and he's achieved almost every single one of them because right. they'd written down. And and I think as we pray over our goals, like Elder Bednar said in that quote, that the Lord loves us. He wants to help us. He wants to help us achieve these goals. And he'll provide ways and means for us to do these things. Um, one of the things, I, one of the favorite goals that he and his wife, Wendy, did is they set a goal to visit every single temple in the United States, Some, even some in Canada. Yeah. And for a while, they did it. They they went to every <laughs> they were on top single, of the work yeah, there. and every time a new temple would pop up, they'd have an opportunity for somehow to even have a speaking engagement or somehow be able to drive through there to hit it. I don't know. We haven't talked to them and asked them how they've been doing <laughs> in the past few years. but Since think, President Nelson's been called, that's going to be <laughs> yeah, a challenge, right? I think President Nelson maybe uh, has have, uh, thrown a few too many out there. I don't know how they're doing. But knowing them, they're probably striving really hard. They're, to probably, they're probably doing it, so... But that was just a really fun goal that they had. And I always admired them for having that goal together 
something they did together and something that they were really working on. Yeah, I, I, I think that's great. Yeah, they're just a, such a model of great goalkeepers for me and goal makers and goal Setters. obtainers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They're great. So thanks for being with us this this week. And as we kind of talked about prioritizing our goals, but as we close up, let's talk about LDS. Let's do something this week. Our invitation for you is those of you that have already set goals, just to pick one this week that you're really going to focus on. And make so all you got to do, right? Just that one. <laughs> for those who haven't made goals or set goals yet, still January, like you said, we still have time. <laughs> yeah. Not that you can't start any time, but um, maybe an invitation like we talked about a minute ago is take that piece of paper and fold it in half and half again and write, you know, sit down with our children or our family and write different goals in different areas. Those eight, and, eight quadrants, right? Yeah. And then have them pick one thing that they can start working on and... Yeah, let's be goal-setting people. Let's become like our Savior and, and grow and change and develop and become like Him. I love that. Well, everyone, it was great to be with you. Great to kick off the new year together. We look forward to being with you again next time. Until then, have a wonderful, awesome week.